Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Then it turned out he didn't even have your phone. That's the thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're saying, look, I'm 22 years old. You're 22 years old, but you are old enough to know better. So I will say you're 22. I get it. Enough. The hotel did have my phone. The hotel did end up having my phone. I did get my belongings returned to me. All right. Oh, wow. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. New World Order Edition, apparently. What the fuck, you guys? <laughs> what, what happened? What happened? What happened was the direct consequences of everybody's actions for the past four years. I hesitated to talk about this topic but I feel like it would be a glaring omission to just like not mention the fact that our country was under attack by domestic terrorists and there was a whole coup in the capital and there was an insurrection and a bunch of racist misogynistic anti-semitic just fucking straight up disgusting Nazi pieces of shit tried to take over this country because they were a total conspiracy theory that they believe, which is that the world, even though you've got every privilege afforded to you by this country and every system set up was set up for you and for you to thrive, that somehow these systems are now against you and you need to smear your shit on the Capitol building to prove your point. To um, build pipe bombs and place them strategically in uh, buildings to um, go looking for senators and have them have to be barricaded and, and secretly evacuated from buildings to having um, suddenly we're turning on Mike Pence apparently because he's not doing what we're saying. Y'all will turn on your own. (laughs) What the hell? You know, I'm not the most articulate person. I am certainly, you know, I'm not a talking head. I'm no political pundit. I'm no more qualified to talk about any of this shit than anybody else. Probably less qualified than most people, frankly. But like I said, it felt like a glaring omission to not discuss it. I mean, I can't say sit here and say that I'm surprised because this is the culmination of like a lifetime of examples that I've seen of these like largely white men who just 
like they just want to be like oppressed <laughs> while also oppressing many different demographics of people. I just think it was a disgusting, embarrassing display, but it was the deep, not even deep. It's, I, I mean, I, I was about to say it was like the underbelly of America. Is it though? It really isn't because we're finding out that these, you know, we, people tried to, uh, separate themselves from the situation say, this is not me and say, I could never be like them. I w I voted for him and I'm conservative, but those people that are like, I'm not a racist. I love everyone. I, you know, we just want everything to be fair, blah, blah, blah. And it's like those people that are out there being racist and stuff, those are just like uneducated, poor, economically, you know, <laughs> fatigued people. Couldn't be further from the truth. These, we are finding out these people are lawmakers, legislators, um, law enforcement officers, former people in the army. These are people that are amongst us. These are people that looked and act just like you think that we do until you find out, you know, what, what, what we found out. What a, what a shame. What a shame that it had to get to this. What a shame that that disgusting mop water piece of shit has so emboldened these people to think that the wrongs that are, that wrongs are happening to them. And they were forced to start a revolution because you think that voting polling machines stole the election And now you're going to do something about it. You even, the people tried to kill Mike Pence. People tried to hold people hostage. They were ready with their zip ties. They were ready with their tactical gear. They were ready with a fire extinguisher to kill all, to kill a cop. I thought Blue Lives Matter. Apparently they don't. I thought the most American thing that I've seen in quite some time is watching um, black security guards sweeping up broken glass from the floor that had been busted in by these terrorists. I am infuriated reading this BuzzFeed article about two officers, two black officers that, um, you know, wanted to remain anonymous for fear of retribution from the higher ups telling the truth of how dangerous this actually was, how more dangerous this could have gotten, you know, how, you know, they were abused. They were beaten. They were called the N word repeatedly. They were grossly unprepared on behalf of their bosses and the Capitol police. They were outnumbered. They were just, wildly abused and mistreated by these people and they felt completely left out by their bosses and now you're imagine these guys having to go back to work and look over at their um co-workers who let these barricades down let these dudes walk into the doors, let them walk out with not, um, you know, nary a mark on their bodies. No arrests were made. The only reason why we're even getting some semblance of justice now is the fact that these people were truly, we need to be looking at like, they knew that they were going to get away with this shit because they had no problem recording themselves, taking selfies with law enforcement officers, uh, videoing, going on different social media platforms and talking about, we did this, we did that, we're planning this, be ready January 6th, we're going to, you know, really send a message to people. 
I hope that every person who tries to separate from these people who did what they did know that the jig is up. And I hope they look in the mirror and say, I, by aligning myself with these people, but then also trying to do this like little caveat of like, oh no, I wouldn't take it that far. I wouldn't storm the Capitol, but they were making a point. And I really do believe in Stop the Seal. I really think that we should have said something to Mike Pence. Now they're, you know, you're just like them. You were just like them and and you guys need to deal with that. And I don't know who you are because I know many of those people, (laughs) practically all of those people are not a chance in hell listening to a very liberal black woman. This podcast probably not happening. (laughs) Um, with that being said, you know, that bitch is off Twitter. He's off uh, Google, Tumblr, Neopets, Shopify, Pinterest. Pinterest really got me. They banned him from Pinterest. <laughs> and you know what? The other one that, that it was really funny to me, he got banned from TikTok. Because we all know that he tried to, t- you know, he tried to ban them. And let's, you know, now he found out what happens when you do clownery. Clown comes back to bite. Probably doing a viral dance along. And that's at the same time. <sighs> and I got nothing. <laughs> I truly, like, I, I'm just so, like, ugh. I'm so worn out. I'm just so. I'm just so. I'm just so. All right, you guys, let's move on. It's going to get much more like petty and, you know, your usual everyone's business, but mine fair after this. So let's move on. Okay, you guys. So here's something. What else can we connect to a complete breakdown and a disaster that we all should have seen coming and was partially destroyed by Trump, but mostly by an emboldened behavior (laughs) and narcissism. Of course, I'm talking about the alleged impending impending divorce from Kimmy, y'all. I, listen, first things first, pause, Go type in Dunzo podcast and you can listen to the episode that I did just a couple days ago, an emergency episode that Troy and I recorded about our thoughts and feelings about the Kimye divorce. So I don't really want to repeat anything that I already said there. Check it out. With that being said, I think there was one thing that has stood out to me in the days since I recorded and since the news came out that I find very interesting. Now in the episode I did with Troy, I predicted that the official divorce announcement would come in tandem with the end of keeping up with the Kardashians. And then we would get this new era of Kim in conjunction with our Hulu deal. Right? So what happens after we start recording or after we finish recording is it comes to pass announced that the official last day of filming keeping up was on Friday. So my Spidey senses are tingling. I'm feeling a lot. I'm feeling like maybe this came out last week because she was discussing it on the series finale. And that's where I think this is going. I think we're going to get like, Really not much news coming out. I think there are going to be some Goodwill articles on Kim's behalf. I think that there's just going to be like little things that we hear here and there. We're not going to hear much until we get to that series finale in which Kim announces this is, you know, I'm off to my next chapter in life. I'm moving on. Yada, yada, yada. I think calling it and I'm calling it now. And when I'm right, you guys let me know, let me know. Um, we have to talk about something unfortunate, something, you know, I feel 
you know, as an investigative journalist over here at Everyone's Business But Mine, I feel a sense of responsibility and duty to you guys. And I also, you know, I'm a completionist. And sometimes that takes me down dark paths and it leads me down roads that I don't necessarily want to go down. But here we are and we're already strapped in, so we might as well do it, right? So... This man was on my top cursed list of 2020. And here we come, right out the gate, Army Hammer, 2021's front runner for world's horniest man, Hollywood's horniest man, <laughs> Army Hammer. Somebody get this man a diary. Does he know that he can keep this shit to himself? I don't mean to kink shame. But like, let's refresh our memory, right? So some DMs dropped last year. DM leak from this chick. I believe she was French, some kind of, some, some kind of European, you know? Um, and there were DMs between her and Army, she and Army, whatever. Um, in which he was incredibly horny, incredibly explicit about wanting to get together, but the you know, this pesky little issue of having a wife and being a present um, husband and father was really getting in the way of that. Uh, yeah, those dropped made big dudes. I do not believe that he ever addressed them. So I'm minding my business on a Sunday afternoon and I'm seeing things like Army Hammer should go to jail. What is Army Hammer's problem? What's going on? And I'm thinking, you know, Knowing Army's past behavior, this could be a whole slew of things. But of course, it's the one that, you know, keeps me up at night the most. Um, trigger warning, content warning for um, violence, sexual abuse. Um, yeah, just everything. If if you find that um, men being aggressive is a trigger for you, I would just sit this one out. I, I think that that's going to be the best coverage that I can give you right now. So with that being said, let's talk about some of these uh, tweets, y'all. Let's talk about some of these tweets. So there's a set of these DMs. And by the way, I guess I should just say for legal purposes, these are all alleged. I don't know if these are real DMs. I don't know what you... Gen Zers are doing with your Photoshop and this, the duplications. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I want to be absolved of all these crimes. I'm just reporting what I see and you can do with this information what you will. Okay. Let's start off. Um, let's, I don't even know how to enter this. Let's just get into it. Starting with army. Need your help ASAP, kitten. You around? I'll phone you later. Yes. How may I be of help, daddy? Oh my god, when you call it... Excuse me. Oh my god. When you call me like it, I get so horny. I need to drink your blood. Why the distance? I'm yours, daddy. I will help you. Army says, I need you to rent us a place and set it up with a list of things I'll mail you about. And she says, of course. Where? And then he says, I'm going to be so naughty and kinky with you there. Oh, the possibilities. Ha ha ha. You're my angel. You're made to save me. You're mine. You hear me? Say it now. I am yours. I belong to you. Army says, say that you're mine. Mine. M-I-N-E. I own you now. I'll own you forever. She says, I do. I'm yours, daddy. And then he says, good girl. Your body's so fucking perfect and it's mine and I'm into you. I need your blood. I crave it. Will you give it to me tomorrow? Don't forget that you're mine. How could she? And then she says that topic. Once again, it's very intense. <laughs> uh, I think we're in too deep to be saying things are intense now. But, but anyway, he goes, I'm intense. I need your blood. I want you to feed me with it. This is just one of a set of three. So um, if you guys want to pause and take like a quick juice box break, maybe get like an orange slice here, carbo load, energy load, maybe like a spoonful of peanut butter. I don't know. Um, okay. 
Let's get to part two. Part two. Kitten, I need to see you soon, Army says. I'm so fucking excited. And she says, did you fix that problem? Yes, very soon. And he says, what problem? And she says, the fuck your wife so she lets shit go problem. And he says, ha 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 ha, not yet. But I brought a boner pill for tomorrow night just to make sure I seal the deal. They bumped her from first class and we didn't even sit next to each other. I will always be honest with you, but don't count on it coming up. Ha ha ha. I've always been more monogamous than not. Don't know why. Ha 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 ha. I just texted Luca that you might be coming to Berlin. His response, are you falling for your pet? And she says, oh, well, that was quick. He's going to Berlin for sure. And he says, yes, his movie is premiering there. He wants to meet you. Luca Guadagnino, I'm assuming. And then Army goes on to say Sundance, too. They aren't mutually exclusive. Sundance would be a good trial run. It's closer and easier. She says, LOL. <laughs> he says, am I being greedy? And he, she says, about what? And he says, wanting both. And she says, not at all. And he says, wanting all the time. I'm asking her if I go alone or with Elizabeth. If I, if alone, I will be early. She says, maybe choke me this time, too, please. He says, kitten, Imagine. Oh my God. He says, Oh my God. I'm assuming he means oh. And she says, Yes, sir. And he says, If you always have my schedule and we meet up and I blank you all these different places. Ugh, Jesus, Army. And then it goes on to say, Oh my God. This is a different set. Oh my God. That just made me so hard and it makes me confused as to why. Is that even possible? So hard. Thinking of holding your heart in my hand and controlling it when it beats. I'm 100% a cannibal. I want to eat you. Fuck, that's scary to admit. I've never admitted that before. I've cut the heart out of a living animal before and eaten it while still warm. And then it goes on to say, every time I have... Every time I have fucking someone in the ass since you, the only way I can come is if I pretend that I'm fucking you in the ass. And she says, Really? And he says yes. Oh boy, oh boy. Can I even continue <laughs> with these things? I think that was most of it. Um the it, it's the beating heart for me, the cannibalism, the blood play. Listen, again, I don't want to kink shame anyone. I don't want to f- anyone to feel like, you know, as long as you guys are doing consensual things between adults and um you know everybody's on board with what's going on and all of that I'm I'm happy for you I'm totally totally happy for you um with that being said go away from me with this as one Phaedra Parks Esquire once said I can't with ARMY (laughs) again somebody please can Paris Hilton lend him one one of her MacBooks? Like, what? Why? The blatant? The blatant? <laughs> it is so blatant. I, I mean, again, assuming these are real, I truly, I just, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what is wrong with men. <laughs> he took a boner pill. Just to be sure. Why did, is that sexy to anybody? Is that really sexy? Um, oh, my boyfriend just said he's going to bring a single boner pill for tomorrow. It's going to be a really special night. (laughs) It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Somebody, like, this is the consequence of him being too attractive, right? That he just says all these weird things. That, like, like he never, never a point where he's had to be sexy. It's just never had to happen. And this is also like he's been married for a long time. So he's been really out the game. So he, you know, his last reference is Fifty Shades, which wasn't he like one of the front runners for uh, the Christian Grey role? He still thinks that women are really turned on by by, uh, Fifty Shades. And he is running with it. He's absolutely running with it. And he's running wild. He's running wild. (laughs) What's happening? What is happening? What is happening? Every man needs to go to jail. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Another very troubled person we have to talk to. Somebody who, you know, I understand that this is a young person, but I would like to catch them in these streets. I would like to put hands on this person. And I feel no qualms about that because you know what? Some people are bad. Sometimes people are bad and they're very frustratingly bad. We had to talk about the Soho Karen, right? So if you guys don't know the story, a new Karen, a new strain of Karen has just dropped. New Karen drop. Um, the streets are talking about this chick. Her name is Mia Ponsetto, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She is the littlest rascal, if you ever did see one. She has got a history. Okay, so what happened a couple weeks ago, there is a famous jazz artist who was staying in a Soho Soho Hotel, the Arlo Hotel in Soho. He was staying with his 14-year-old son, his teenage son. They were in the lobby, whatever they were doing, and out comes this, uh, you know, just Tasmanian devil of a human being making all sorts of wild claims that this boy's son stole her cell phone. She tackled him. She tried to barricade him. She yelled at him. She was physically, um, you know, put hands on him. And come to find out, minutes later, who shows up but the Uber driver with this chick's phone? So this would become a huge story. She had not really received any consequences for her actions at the time. The hotel was, you know, in natural fashion when it comes to a black person being accused of something. Uh, the hotel sided with her or they were defensive of her at the time. They really weren't trying to, this girl had already checked out at the hotel at the time. And these guys were current, uh, occupants of the hotel. So, you know, People wanted to know who she was. They had seen a very clear picture of her. And they're like, let's find out who this girl is. The internet never fails. We find out this is a girl from California, Southern California, 22. And she's really acting up. So then, you know, as news rollout is want to do, we find out that in last year she had had a couple of DUIs. Um... She had one DUI. Five months later, everything was settled with that. Minute, like, days later, she ends up getting a second DUI. That one happened in October. And we, there are viral video of that coming out, of the actual arrests of her um, being very resistant towards the officers, of her being disrespectful, um, trying to get physical with them, uh, not wanting to be handcuffed, yelling at them. Her friend is there. She keeps trying to get in the mix and keeps getting her ass pushed back. Um, this is a lawless teen. And I know she's 22. But <laughs> she's a lawless individual. She went and had an interview with Gail. Gail King of CBS News slash Oprah's Bestie fame. And... She's there with her lawyer who is representing her because I assume she needs a check. There's no way in hell that this woman thinks that she's winning this case. 
I don't know how lawyers work. Like, if you know that this is a client and you know that they're not going to behave and that they're going to lose the case, do you just say, let me just get this check, you know, and just keep it moving? Or do you move them off? Like, I don't know what is, is there like a uh, morality situation here where within lawyers where like, if you know that the person is guilty and you know that like on top of that, they feel no remorse whatsoever and don't even think that they did anything wrong. Like why? I, I guess I just, I, I'm curious about that. I mean, the case has to be taken. I just wonder like, what's the moral code amongst lawyers with that? If you guys can let me know, let me know. Um, okay. So she does this interview with Gail, with her lawyer by her side. This was as shocking as the interview that Gail did with R. Kelly, in which he gotten her, he stood up and screaming and, you know, talking about how persecuted he is. Um, Mia was so disrespectful in a way that like makes you laugh not because it's funny because it's just so outrageous and so out of the realm of your comprehension of why somebody would be so disrespectful and say that shit with their whole chest like never in my life would I talk to somebody like this unless they truly deserved it not an impartial party like Gail King who just wants to like I just want to wear my Ann Taylor loft get these interviews off and leave somebody just give Gail some peace this little monster was sitting there having this conversation explaining that she's not racist how could she possibly be racist you know I'm baby I don't know how to be racist I don't know how to do a racism I'm a baby I am a 22 year old little infant still in utero no possible way that I could have been racist Gail says why did you pick out this one black individual in the lobby out of all of the people? Well, I was just doing like my due diligence waiting for the cops to come. And so I was just asking random people who were leaving if they had my phone. But somehow, Mia, why did you only ask this one? Why did you tackle him? <laughs> Why did you put hands on? Why were you so insistent that this person took your phone? <sighs> she had no answer. No answer. She at one point puts her hands up like, talk to the hand, Gail, enough. We're not going to do this. <laughs> Imagine a 20. I wish I'm 34. I'm on the precipice of 35. I wish a 22 year old would put their hand in my face. You would not have a hand. You would not have, like, girl, I wish you would. I wish you would. I think that the clip that went viral was just a clip. Uh, Obviously, like a segment of the larger part of the interview. I'm going to be watching that interview to see this girl ruin her whole life by lying and being deceptive and having really no sense of what is up, what is down, what's right, what's wrong. Somebody help her. Somebody help that girl. Okay, y'all. The last two items that I want to talk about really have nothing to do with one another except for the only tie that I could maybe find between them is that I'm going to be talking about what happens when you make decisions and stick to them and they're not healthy for you and then you're stuck with them and then at some point you end up looking like Boo Boo the Fool. So with that being said, let's start with Lana Del Rey again. She is at it again. She just announced the release of a new album. The album is going to be called, should I remind you guys of what happened last year? I think I should. Seems like a good thing to do. Set it up, right? So last year she got into a bit of a trouble. And I spoke about this. You can find it if you want. But I'm about to tell you, so don't bother. Um, She got in trouble for basically penning a 
um, a piece of uh, writing, a caption, an iOS press release, I'm not really sure, going off basically saying, you know, comparing herself to several of what she considers her peers in the music industry um, and saying basically that all of those women can do, this is like post-WAP, let's set the scene, this is post-WAP, I believe, um, that the women like a Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion or uh, Kilani or, um, you know, SZA, they can all make music that is like sexual and overt and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what about me? Why can't I be a soft woman, a, um, uh, feminine woman? Like why, why can't I be just like a dumb bitch? You know, why do I have to be so sexual? Why are these people able to be so much more successful for me? This was also a week where several of these women gained their first number one songs. Um, this wasn't after WAP. Actually, this was right after um, uh, the Savage remix, Megan and Beyonce. She had just gotten a number one. Um, I think Nikki had just gotten a number one. This is over the summer. And yeah, their first number ones. And she decides to talk about how bad it is for her that these women are allowed to be successful and she isn't for some arbitrary reason that she made up in her mind. Of course, all of these women that she happened to mention were women of color. And so everybody had a collective question of why are you comparing yourself to all these black women and Ariana Grande and, um, what's happening here. So she, there's a lot of double, triple, quadrupling down on her that never really helped. (laughs) It hurt. And she's basically been laying low pretty since then. Um, okay. So here she comes back out announcing the release of her new album and her new album is called chemtrails over the country club. It okay, so it what appears to be the album it looks like Lana and several of her very good friends. Um, does not appear, even though it's a black and white picture, that any of them would you know fail the paper bag test if we were going to go back to the 40s and be discussing human beings. Um, suffice to say, none of these women appear to be black, a couple of them appear to be women of color, but. Not, um, overtly so. It looks to somebody who would look very quickly like all Lana Del Rey has are white girlfriends. So, you would think that somebody who had a gigantic PR disaster would maybe avoid such a, uh, prominent picture of yourself after which you were accused of being racist, um, that... Maybe you wouldn't be like, hey, here are all my white friends and my white Latina friends. Um, So, yeah, people saw the picture. They had questions. And Lana had an answer. Why? I'm not sure, but she did. So, Lord, the caption says, I also want to say that with everything going on this year, and no, this was not intended. These are my best friends since you're asking today. And damn, as it happens, when it comes to my amazing friends and this cover, yes, there are people of color on this record, on this record's picture, and that's all I'll say about that, but thank you. My beautiful friend Valerie from Del Rio, Mexico, my dearest friend Alex, from my, and my gorgeous friend Dakota Rain, as well as my sweetheart Tatiana. Now, I think it's important for me to just repeat what she says. As it happens, when it comes to my amazing friends in this cover, yes, there are people of color, color, excuse me. Yes, there are people of color on this record's picture. And that's all I'll say about that. But thank you. And then she goes on to say, after she says, that's all I'll say about that. She goes on to name three of her friends, four of her friends as being the women of color that are in this picture. After she just said, that's all I'll say about that. Okay. So then she says, these are my friends. This is my life. We are all a beautiful mix of everything, some more than others, which is visible and celebrated in everything I do. In 11 years working, I've always been extremely inclusive without even trying to. My best friends are rappers. My boyfriends have been rappers. My dearest friends have been from all over the place. So before you make comments again about a woman of color, people of color issue, I'm not the one storming the Capitol. I'm literally changing the world by putting my life and thoughts and love out there on the table 24-7. Respect it. 
she has rapper friends, you guys. She's even had a rapper boyfriend a time or two. So why don't you guys get off Lana Del Rey's fucking back, okay? Who cares if she dated one of the guys from uh, Reno 911 or whatever that cop show she, she Whatever that cop show is. You know what? I'm not even going to disrespect Reno 911's legacy by saying that he was on that show. You guys know the one that I'm, the, the one that's like a 24 hour, it's like cops, but like elevated. You, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to look this up. Um, girl, are you okay, sis? <laughs> if I get accused of being racist, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be like, I'm changing the world 24 <laughs> seven. Don't call me racist. I have rappers as friends. And the fact that you would use rapper to denote twice. You use rapper twice to denote that these people are probably black. Lana. Why? I need to know why Elizabeth keeps acting up. What is her problem? <laughs> How does this happen? Because I feel like we as a society, we're like, "Mm, this girl seems pretty white, but she kind of wants us to think that she's Latina. So we like her music. We think we're just going to let her slide. Like she could have really just gotten away with this, you guys. And yet she just had to be this. She had to be this. (laughs) We let her be fake Latinx for years. And this is how she repays us. (laughs) Oh my God. Let me move on to the next subject before I get in trouble. Y'all, I have not really, I talked about it like at the beginning of the season, but I have not spoken about it since. Welcome to Plathville, the finale, you guys. What was that? That was mess, y'all. I guess it's important to, since I have not spoken about the show before, just recap my thoughts on the family and the show. So first of all, if you guys aren't watching the show, I would recommend it to you with these rules or whatever. I would recommend the show if you're the type of person that enjoys other TLC shows, enjoys a slow pace that is trademark for a TLC show, um, that is not 90 Day Fiance, um, TLC fans are a particular breed of people. It is a completely different type of reality TV that kind of lends itself to uh, taking something that seems on paper both strange but also incredibly normal. So, like, we watch the Duggars, and it's like, yeah, she procreated. She popped a lot of kids out of that hoo-ha, right? But... At the end of the day, these people are fucking boring and they, all they, you know, they're running on tater tot casserole. That's what we find out, right? Little people, big world, you know, they're just a, a couple who stay together for the kids and hate each other just like everybody else in America. They just happen to be shorter, okay? Um, so, welcome to Plathville. If you guys are familiar with the 19 Kids Accounting, Counting On platform, it's a little mix of that. And then I think that might be actually what turned a lot of people away from the show. I'm not sure what the ratings are, but I think it seems like in season two is really just now getting a lot of viewership. So at the outset, it seems like the Duggars, in the sense that it's a lot of children, they are homeschooled, they're very clearly sheltered from the outside world or the modern world, they're sheltered from technology, they're cut off from basically everything that society has to offer. Um, and yeah, they're just a bunch of kids who, you know, have kind of had to make it work with having their siblings as being friends and having their parents be their entire world. So where it diverts, I think is if you were a counting on fan, I think this would be, give you like the satisfactory payout payoff that you would like, which is that you have kids that have left the family, have defected, and are outwardly showing um, regret for how their life went, 
and how their life was raised, how they were raised, and resentment towards their parents. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Kim and Barry Plath are the parents of the Plath family. They're not... So you would think, much like the Duggars, that they would be very religious. And I believe that there was a religious aspect to the family. It doesn't seem like they're as tied to the church as they used to be. Um, Yeah, so you would think that their reasoning behind sheltering their children would be mostly religious. But as you watch the show, it seems more like a personal decision that they made as a couple as a result of like failures in their own life. Like Kim Plath is a, the, she speaks softly, but she carries a big stick. There's a lot of impact. There's a lot of layering there. There's a lot going on. Like you guys know, no, I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna make that comparison. Um, you guys know people that you've met along the way in life, where you're just like something about you chills me to my core, <laughs> and I don't think I want to know what is underneath all of that, but I want to stay on the right side of you. That's how one would typically feel about Kim Plath. There's so much happening bubbling underneath the surface with her and they're trying so hard to appear like normal people like the Duggars they think they're normal but they also understand that they're in a bubble like Kim and Barry seem to think that what they're doing is like a normal thing but it's really just like they're kind of haphazardly making these rules up for their children to continue to shelter them from outside society as a direct result of every failure that they've made in their own life. Kim especially. Barry seems kind of like a, I don't want to call him a victim. I never want to call a man a victim, but it seems like Kim is really pulling the strings behind the scenes and that she's making a lot of the executive decisions. She's destroying her own family and it is a wild thing to watch. So, Season one is basically just a continuance of these relationships that are splintered from the beginning, continuing to get worse and worse until it gets to the very end. So one of the, um, here's how their family set up. They have a daughter who's kind of like Amy Osborne. We never see her. She's the oldest one. Apparently she's doing fine, you know, under whose terms, who's to say, but she is married. She's off doing her own thing, right? Um, then we have Ethan. He's the second oldest, the oldest son. And he is recently married. He just married a lady named Olivia. She appears to be kind of a little bit more liberal, um, but was raised the same, sheltered, homeschooled, religious, the whole thing. They get together. They marry very young. They're only now 22 and they've been married since I think they're like 19 or 18 or something. Um... They have been going through it because they're both dealing with the traumas of their childhoods and their adolescence and also 
they're at the season uh, finale of season one. Barry, the father, basically intimates that Olivia some has some sort of like moral failings about her that um, I you know that she needs to work on and that maybe is contributing to the downfall of the family. When he says that in front of the entire family, Ethan does nothing to um, defend her. And this is cause for season two of them trying to rebuild their relationship after basically she felt abandoned by her husband. So we have three different relationships. We have the relationship between Ethan and Olivia, three different sections of this family. We have the class and their younger children that are too young to move out. (laughs) The ones that are trapped there. We have... Ethan and Olivia, who no longer speak to the family, and Michael, Micah and Mariah, who have also left the family. They're like the next in line in terms of age, and they're on shaky ground with their family, but it's not as bad as Ethan and Olivia. So the, here's the thing that the parents keep doing is when the older kids do something that they don't approve of, they will take the younger kids away from them. All the siblings are very close even though there's, you know, pretty good age difference between them. They will hold these children under their heads, over their heads, and take them away and, like, not allow them to see the kids without their supervision, yada, yada, yada. So it got to the point where Ethan was like, I'm not even going to do this back and forth with you. If I can't see the kids, my siblings, without your supervision, then we're just going to have to wait until they're old enough to make their own decision. Or they're moved out of the house. So we see a lot of Mariah. Mariah is one of the more fascinating people that have I have come across on reality TV. There's something about Mariah that is very simple. There's something about her that has clearly, like, all of these kids are very obviously traumatized. And they all have several reasons to be traumatized. And it's a real weird thing to behold to see a family and like how they all have dealt with these like traumatic situations, how it manifests them in their lives. So we see Mariah, who's 17, moving out with her 19 year old brother, <laughs> burgeoning my model, my Micah. Um, she very clearly has like a, very damaged relationship with her mother. She seems to be very uh, resentful of her. Um, Kim is so weird. (laughs) She's a truly, truly dynamic person. It's worth mentioning. This is a huge, well, I won't say spoiler because it happened prior to the show. This is a huge thing that needs to be mentioned. If you want to watch a show and then this would be a spoiler, but if you don't, here we go. Um, Kim ran over one of her children about 12 years ago. She had a 17 month old kid. Um, she, according to her, she was leaving, taking the kid somewhere. He was in the driveway, but she saw that he was out of harm's way, out of the path of the car. So she gets the car, yanks it in reverse. And need I say more? Um, it seems like I would, I'm dying to know what happened in terms of the parenting pre the death of the child and post the death of the child. Like how did the parenting change? Did it change? Were they much more sheltered after that? Because that would make a lot more sense. But then it's like other things of like Kim, like they're very weird about their kids getting higher education purely because Kim went to college She partied a lot. She ended up not graduating at the last semester of her senior year and basically ended up in all this debt and without a diploma. So because of this, she really deters the children from getting education. She's very lax with them about educating her, educating them herself because she's homeschooling them. It is feels illegal <laughs> frankly for them to be admitting that like the kids are basically imagine your education being so bad that your children are coming to you, your parents and saying why did you 
make us so unprepared for the world? Why do we know so little? Why did you do this? <laughs> like you screwed us over and now we're trying to make this way in the world on our own. Like, why did you do this? Imagine what, what a bad, that is bad parenting. That is horrible parenting. I, oh my gosh. Okay. So the season finale it comes to pass. So like Olivia is going through it. She is like to the point where she is terrified of the class. She doesn't want to live in small town Cairo, Georgia with them where everybody tells them what's going on and is sending screenshots of them and pictures of them out and about. And she's like, I'm just not comfortable living here anymore. We got to find another place to live. So at this point, Ethan decides I'm going to go to the family. I'm going to give them what for. Kim and Barry, <laughs> and we're going to settle this once and for all. So he hightails his blonde little self, that red tomato face, over to the Plath family home and tells the parents, like, listen, me and my wife are moving. I know I haven't seen you. I know I'm not allowed to talk to the kids, but we're leaving town. And so I would like to be able to say goodbye to my siblings. And I would like Olivia to be able to say goodbye to them, too. I'm sick of this. And this is just how it's going to be. I'll catch them when they're 16 to 18. And they're like, okay, you can say goodbye to the kids, but Olivia or the kids can't say goodbye to uh, Olivia. Olivia's in far down the driveway in the car because she didn't even want to go up. They won't let the kids go down to the driveway to say goodbye to her without their supervision. So it turns into one of the most sinister odd like dark standoffs that I've ever seen it was truly it's hard to convey that level and that type of discomfort on TV when there's really like there's really not much being said between the two of them Ethan is making himself very clear by being very stern with his parents pointing his finger hey I'm gonna tell you what it grabbing his dad they get into you know like a white man tussle where they're you know hey 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 you know they're both grabbing each other they're not really doing anything but like the threats there you know one of the kids you know all the kids are shoeless and crying 10 feet away <laughs> so much feathered hair streaked with tears they really wouldn't let these children say goodbye to them in the driveway. And yes, Kim, that is your property. Okay. But you you just can't let them say goodbye while she sits inside that Nissan Sentra. It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. The episode is so crazy. Ma Mariah and her boyfriend. <laughs> Mariah is the 17-year-old girl. She wants to be a pop star she has found a, some sort of um, curling hair tool that I don't think should exist in this time. Like, I, it's like she found one at a swap meet from the 80s. And it, she seemed to decide to just, like, take the top part of her hair and only curl that. And it's, like, part ringlet curls, part crimp she is stays in like she dresses like a brat doll. Um, she this red lipstick girl. <laughs> I want the best for Mariah because I feel like she's not been taught. So when I see her in this like chalky red lipstick that was clearly from the dollar store and no shaded dollar store makeup, you can find it. She has not. That's what I'm saying. You can find good stuff, and she has not made that journey. I just want Mariah to get a NYX campaign partnership. I went and wild, you know. I would like Sally Hansen, please reach out and get everybody in the family a top coat for their nail polish. If I have to see more chipped paint on their fingers, I can't take it. I can't take it any longer. Every one of them is a dull Dull, dull paint. And that's a thing for me, clearly. <laughs> um, they, they also have this thing about not wearing shoes. I feel like I see their feet 
more on TV than anybody's feet. And I don't know why that is. Let me know if you guys, Plath heads, Plath heads, if you if you hear me, <laughs> let me know if you think you see their feet on TV more than anybody else's feet. I don't understand why there are so many shots of them. Like, it's like the cameraman has a foot fetish. It's very strange. Um, what else from the show? I just, I, you guys, I think if you're looking for a new show to watch, I, I recommend it. I think it's only 15 episodes between the two seasons. You can knock it out. It's, it's an easy, easy watch. Um, I think that's it for me, you guys. <laughs> I think that's it. I hope you enjoyed this like mishmash little episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I hope we have a better week two of 2021 than last week. I don't know how it could get worse, but, you know, <laughs> well, let's just see if we can break even. Let's see if we can break even. All right, you guys. 